course of discussing movies, the host will spoil plots. You've been warned. Listen to their screams. Greetings, ghouls and creeps, and welcome to Listen to Their Screams, a horror podcast that feels like you're chatting with friends. I am one of your friends, Dave. We're joined, as always, by your other friend, Ike. Ike, how are you? Not too bad, not too bad. I'm uh, sipping on some uh, Coke Zero from the movie theater. Went to the movies last night. Uh, I always, ah, yeah. I always fill up my cup and bring it home because I'm going to get every every penny out of that drink, let me tell you. Uh, apparently, if you're still drinking it a day later. That's right. I was put in the fridge the night before, and it stays cold with all that ice. Interesting, interesting. So, uh, yeah, I think I know what you went and saw, so tell us, what what'd you go see? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So last night, um, I went and watched uh, A Haunting in Venice, um, which is a uh, it's based on an Agatha Christie, Agatha Christie novel about Hercule Poirot. Yeah, how was it? So, um yeah, we'll just jump in here. Um, for people who are potentially curious, um, you know, there are two other movies kind of in the series. There's a lot of TV stuff as well. Um, but there's um, it's uh, Murder on the Orient Express, um, Death on the Nile, and then this one, which is A Haunting in Venice. And it was really good, actually. Um, I really like the Hercule Poirot stuff just because I think it's interesting. I like a good whodunit. Um, but this was like a whodunit with a little bit of spookiness with it. Um, so I, I, I greatly enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about it here in a bit in the news just a little, cause it did, uh, it did well in the box office. So, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. It's, uh, it's funny cause it's a tell of two worlds. You're, you're sipping on Coke zero and I'm skipping on so- uh, scotch. So <laughs> sorry <you> later. <laughs> I, I do, I do love the Coke zero, but, um, mine's more fun. So fair, fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had I had a I had a rough day at work and a busy day and a hectic day and uh, so the scotch is coming in. Well, I don't know. I say that it's not really any earlier. I'm a uh, <laughs> I, I'm a scotch after work kind of guy. So anyway, but in anyway, the 1950s, <laughs> uh, man, I yeah. <laughs> if it was, life would be a little simpler. We wouldn't be doing this because you know we'd we'd be on the radio. But, uh, True. you know, so be it. Uh, and we <laughs> wouldn't get to talk about our movie today because uh, today we're going to talk about Elevator Game. And, well, uh, you know, the movie didn't exist at that time, uh, nor did the whole concept of uh, Internet, you know, folk tales and rumors and and uh, urban legends and whatnot, you know, primarily because, well, the Internet didn't exist. But, uh, you know, that's just the way it is. But before we dive into all that, we have some of our things, other things to do. Uh, and the first thing we have to do is say this is officially our one-year anniversary episode. Uh, this episode will be releasing on September 21st. Uh, we're actually then a day, a day short because our first episode released on September 22nd, 2022. So, for all intents and purposes, intent and purposes, we have uh, we've made it a year, Ike. Uh, and we've not missed a week. We've not been late. Uh, we've actually provided one bonus episode in there uh, for Halloween, which we will do every year. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, man, it's, it's kind of flown by. It doesn't feel like it's been a year. It really hasn't. Um, I was actually talking to uh, my wife earlier, Kayla, and, um, you know, we were kind of talking about it. And I, I started getting uh, started getting what's it called? Uh, Facebook memories of uh, when yeah. we first started doing some promotional stuff. 
yeah. um, kind of announcing our, 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 you know, our potential entry into the podcast world. And it's just crazy because, you know, we started doing it because um, I, I, you know, I also I did another YouTube channel, um, which I, I plan to potentially do some stuff with. Um, it's called Geeks Do. But, um, you know, I, I've really I feel like we've really thrown a lot of our focus on the horror uh, podcast and I feel like it's, you know, it's been doing pretty well. So I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm starting to get those memories and it's, uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I've, I've seen those as well. And it's, uh, it's funny to look at some of that early stuff because it's like, you know, you, we didn't have anything, right. We didn't have any content. We hadn't, uh, we hadn't really even taken any of our promo pictures or anything yet to use. And it was, we were just scrambling to put stuff together to put up there to kind of hype the upcoming. So it is kind of funny to look back at that and think, man, uh, not only does it not feel like it's a year, really, but in some senses, man, it feels like it's been forever because I feel like we've, as a show, we've, we've grown so much since then. I mean, we've really kind of found our formatting and our footing and, you know, evolved some of our segments and, and what we do. And, you know, we're getting uh, lots of screener links from places and, and DVDs from other places and Blu-rays from other places and and lots of things. So while it, while it's feel like the year's flown by, I mean, I guess creatively, uh, man, I feel like. Yeah, it's feel like it's been longer. I feel like we've come a really a long way. Right. No, absolutely. A lot of evolution, and I suspect we'll have even more evolution in the the coming year. <laughs> yeah, we will. We will. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously lots, uh, you know, lots more to do. Lots more things to grow at. You know. I mean, uh, ideally, at some point in time, you know, we'd we'd like we'd love to start making some convention appearances, right, and having some booths and that. But I don't, you know, we're not. I don't think we're quite there just yet. But who knows? I mean, that's that's something I, I like for us to do down the road, and. uh you know, I've I've been thinking, you know, hey, we, we you know, we we probably could do with, you know, freshening up the segments a little bit and maybe coming up with a few more. We have the the four or five we rotate, but maybe we need a couple more to throw in that rotation to give us, you know, a little. For, I don't want anything to you know get stale, so maybe right. some other game ideals and things and and, and whatnot. So, uh, you know, I mean, I you know, you you can't ever stay stagnant. You have to keep growing. Uh, I feel like we do a lot of things good. I think our reviews are fun. I, I you know, everybody loves our franchise episodes, uh, which you know we continue we'll continue to do those. Um, you know, everybody liked our year in review episode we did last year. So of course we'll continue to do those and things. So, um, you know, we do, we do a lot, right. A lot that I enjoy, but you know, there's obviously uh, room to continue to grow and create and whatever. That's, that's a cool thing. Once you do it for a while, you know, at least for me, when I, when I do something creatively, once I get rolling with it, uh, that's the ideals really start flowing and, you know, and more, more ideals hit to, Oh, we should try this or we should do that. It's, it's when I really get in that, in the process is when those ideals, you know, start start really hitting me. So, absolutely. But, uh, but uh, one year down, and who knows how many to go. We'll never run out of horror movies, so we'll probably never <laughs> run out of podcasts to do. That's right. And, uh, not to mention that you know, I mean, horror movies, man, are just top shelf right now. I mean, I when I don't I don't know I don't know what the public stigma is on them anymore. But when are the, when's the public gonna just start thinking of horror movies more in line with like superhero movies and and, and actually, I mean, horror movies just they kick ass at the box office every time they're out. They're the most consistent and consistent performing. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I know creatively people discuss what's the prime years for things. And but there's a, there's a lot of good shit out now. And uh, but, you know, successfully, <laughs> this might be the prime time. I mean, horror movies, just every horror movie that comes out is, is top of the weekend of their opening weekend. That's what I was going to say is, like you said, I, I don't know if, if there's just still like this weird like stigma to the whole concept of a horror movie. 
you know, it, it's always kind of had that, especially since they were kind of considered lesser films for a very long time. But like you said, it's just it's horror films are just performing so spectacularly. It's it's hard to believe that people still think that. <laughs> yeah. And it's you know, we're not. Uh, and, and I'm not knocking, you know, hokey, cheesy slasher off because that's my favorite stuff. That is right. my favorite stuff. There is still some of that out there, which I still love. But, you know, there's a lot of horror now that creatively you can put up against anything and it's just as well done. And um, and you're not getting that. You're, you know, you're getting mainstream actors that are doing it and stuff. So, again, I don't I don't know. I don't really I've never been one to pay a lot of attention to what the, the, the public as a whole says about things. I kind of stay in my niche. And, you know, and that's the one thing, you know, you find once you become a fan of something, you kind of. I don't know. You, you you gravitate towards other fans, and that's just what you kind of fall into. So you don't really know what the outside <laughs> is thinking about it. But it's hard it's hard to imagine as successful as they are that it's you know there's not some there's not a little bit of crossover. I mean they're not whatever. Uh, you know I, I feel like us in the uh, that it, like these genre type films and who have always been in the minority to like these given the success. I, I feel like our numbers are kind of crossing over into the majority now. Yeah. So. Um, it's a great, it's a good time. It's a good time. And like I said, you know, it's, it's fun to think about all the movies we've seen already this year and to think about all the movies that are still coming out. It, it's so cool to be, to have these things and to be excited and to know that, you know, there's some big movies, right? We've already seen some big movies, but there's still a lot of really big movies to come out. So it's, um, uh, I don't know. It's fun to think that, you know, that it's, it's such a, whatever you define your golden era. I mean, it, you can't knock that this is not a good time to be a horror fan. So absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, before we uh, move on here, um, you know, special thanks to our wives, as we always say, Monica and Kayla, they'll be back on soon to do a wives rebuttal. Uh, we think, uh, we think they might be on when we do the episode where we review saw X because Monica has already expressed that she <laughs> believes you and her will have differing opinions of the saw franchise as a whole. So, and that will be the episode after our Saw franchise episode. So uh, she she feels like that might be might be the point. She's going to reach out to Kayla and they're going to discuss. Um, she she loves Saw the first Saw loves it thinks it's a masterpiece, but she has uh, some very distinct opinions about the franchise as a whole that she feels will differ from ours. So no matter they'll be on soon. Uh, but I oh uh, boy. <laughs> yeah 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 that's always good times when that happens. Um, but before we, you know, you said you went and saw the, uh, the hunting in Venice. Uh, did, did you watch anything else this week? Yeah, I, I actually only, I only watched one other thing, um, to mention, but I actually really liked it. And I think, uh, you know, some folks out there might like it. Um, I watched, uh, it's called Censor on Hulu. Um, it's from 2021. Um, it's sort of a, it's a very trippy movie. I'll, I'll let everybody know that. So if you're not really into like, you know, trippy kind of, you know, wonky movies, maybe not your movie. But it's about a guy, or I'm sorry, about a girl who is a UK video censor. Basically, she watches all these movies, and um, I guess over there they have like a whole department that agrees on like what should be cut from films and things like that. Yeah. And uh, so basically, she works for a censor. Well, she's watching a movie and she recognizes one of the actresses, and it looks like someone who looks like her sister. And oh. she's in a movie that very closely mimics the events of her sister's disappearance. So Ooh. 
she believes that this is her sister. So that's kind of what the movie's about. It's pretty good. Um, definitely weird, but good. <laughs> cool. Sounds very cool. I, I didn't really watch anything per se. Like I said, work's been hectic. Uh, lots, lots going on. Uh, ah, whatever. Process <laughs> changes that I've had to learn. It's just, it's been hectic. It's, it's cut into my time watching and even having things on in the background. Um, I don't, so I don't believe. Yeah, I don't believe I've watched anything. Uh, did we speak last week? Did I, was I? I'm losing track of time here. Was last week when I said I watched Crabs and uh and all that, or did we discuss those? I'm trying to remember. I think so because you you said that Crabs is literally about crabs. Yeah, right? it's a little okay. Yeah, so uh, no, so I haven't watched anything since then. So so we're good. Besides <laughs> the movie we're reviewing today, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, but anyway, so let's get on to that. Let's get on to our segment of the week. Top three. <laughs> and this week, this episode, we are hooking around to the OG. We are doing a top three, uh, which was the old tried and true from when we first started, speaking of our anniversary, which we ran for many, many, many episodes. Then we thought, man, this is going to get uh, stale and tiring, and we're going to run out of ideas if we don't switch it up. So that's when we decided to freshen it up, and I, that, was a, that was the right move. It was a good move. And that's why I think we should come up with some other ideals. But anyway, we're back to top three. And since we're discussing Elevator Game uh, today, we thought we would do top three favorite Internet urban legends. And this is not uh, movies based on these legends or anything like that. This is just the legends themselves. Now, before we get into this, Ike, I'm going to absolutely flat out 100% say this is in no way even close within the same continent at all of one of my expertise. So... <laughs> My picks uh, are not the – I don't know. I, I, I'm not real knowledgeable even on my picks. Um, so – but I kind of looked over some lists and some things, and it kind of hit on ones that I've heard of a little bit, uh, and that sounded intriguing to me. But I don't have a lot of insight into any of these. So if there's any more to say about these, you'll have to provide that insight because uh, this is not well, – not while I don't find this interesting. I do. It's just not something that I've ever really delved into and not one of those things I've ever gone down the rabbit hole uh, and, and done a lot of, you know, anything viewing or reading or research or anything like that. So I'm just saying this is a very uh, uneducated list, but <laughs> since it's an opinion, that doesn't really matter. So right. and since I'm the dope here, I'm going to uh, I'm going to start uh, And my number three. I picked one that is called The Rake. Have you heard of this one? I sure have. OK. And uh, I, again, I don't know much about this, but I have seen many, many takes on this this creature thing, which I'm I'm, I'm assuming the, is correct me if I'm wrong. Is the rake what they're referring to the creature as? Yeah. So the, the yeah. creature is called the rake. Yeah, which is kind of a creature, a a human, kind of a humanoidish type creature, but it walks on all fours. Very creepy. Now, there's obviously lots of takes on this, lots of uh, lots of you know angles to go at. But this is something that, you know, I've kind of heard a little about, seen, like I said, seen some variations of, uh, seemed really, really creepy to me. And the one from what I've read, this is one that's really intriguing because there's, there's lots of, uh, quote unquote, kind of hard evidence on these things, right? There's, there's video captures of them, if I'm right, of, of, of spotting these things, um, that really kind of perks your interest and, and makes you wonder about them. So that's what I picked as my number three because it really caught my interest. Uh, I, Ike, what do you know about the rake and, and, is is that true? Is there some things out there that people are calling uh, some kind of hard evidence for these things? Yeah, absolutely. So let me uh, let me preface it to you like this, because 
um, the, the rake in of itself, um, is sort of like this, uh, so let me, let me preface all of this by saying that the internet has done this kind of fantastic thing with early media, um, especially in the early days of the internet, where you're, it's very easy to sensationalize and, um, really just push forward like these sort of like, you know, creepy urban legends. And one of the biggest sources of all these kind of creepy urban legends and a lot of these undocumented things is creepypasta. So creepypasta used to be a forum back in the day that really housed all of these. And a lot of the ones that I have on my list are originally creepypastas. But the rake is a creepypasta. However, while the rake is a creepypasta, some of the images of supposed rakes are actual images of unknown creatures um, that are from like trail cameras. Their rake is very similar to something such as like a wind, uh, a windigo um, or like a skinwalker, kind of depending on you know how you want to look at it. Yeah. Um, I, while I don't necessarily believe a lot of like the creepy pastas of the rake, I I firmly believe that there's got to be something in the realm of a skinwalker. I mean, there's a lot of you know you know a lot of overlapping legends from different cultures that allude to something of this nature um but yeah the rake is a fantastic story um there's actually major motion pictures that were made in the early 2000s and like 2010 i believe um about the rake uh but yeah i the rake is super creepy a lot of the images that are produced are so well done that they look real but it's also based in a pretty creepy reality that there's some pretty creepy shit out there we don't really know about yeah and and a lot of these I, I will be I will be forthcoming. A lot of these things, <laughs> my knowledge is <laughs> anything they've touched on in Supernatural, the TV series. Yeah. And and while they haven't per se touched on the rake specifically, there are skinwalkers. There are things like that. Yeah. There are plenty of things in this realm in that. Uh, so maybe that's why this caught my eye, because I could completely see this being something that they would have you know, pursued Supernatural. Um, but, it, yeah, it was like I said, the images I saw were super spooky, super creepy. Um, something that I, you know, I would love to see in a, you know, in a movie or whatnot. Uh, and it really caught my eye. So that's why I picked it as my number three. So moving on, Ike, what is your number three? Absolutely. So my number three is actually a relatively, um, new creation kind of urban legend, but it's called the back rooms. Um, so the back rooms is sort of like, so it kind of started years ago as, uh, people would post pictures of, spaces that are called liminal spaces. So the concept of a liminal space, um, which actually we, we recently reviewed a movie um, called, uh, oh God, what was the one that was in the hotel where like the girl goes crazy and she kills her friends? Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, oh man. What was it? The, the one that was on Shudder that we just reviewed. Man, I'm already drawing a blank on this. We just reviewed recently? Yeah, like a couple episodes ago that we didn't really care for. We liked the concept, but we didn't really care for it. Mm. Like something about so we're all going to or we're uh, I'm people or she's going to hurt you or something like that. Um, you talk well, about bad, bad things, bad things. Yeah, bad yeah. things. Uh-huh. So the bad things, actually, as I was kind of looking into it more. It actually kind of talks a little bit about sort of like liminal spaces. A lot of the hotel scenes and the scenery 
are of liminal spaces, spaces that feel oddly familiar. Even though you know you've never been there, you feel sort of an odd sense of familiarity to some of those images and imagery because they kind of feel familiar, right? So that's what a liminal space is. And that's kind of what back rooms are, is these are familiar spaces that you feel like you've been to before, but 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 they're, you've never been there. And the concept of a back room um, is originally uh, like an internet, like, kind of story where you can basically you can end up in the back rooms just randomly um, and then you get chased by like creatures and things like that and there's actually a movie in the works about the back rooms um, but it's kind of an interesting urban legend that's kind of has very uh, innocent beginnings with liminal spaces um, but it's very interesting it's very spooky and I love how the internet is sort of pro- proliferating this concept of the back rooms and it's getting a movie, so I think it'll be. I think it'll be pretty cool. <laughs> Interesting. There, there's uh, I found out there's a lot of these things that are are being uh, tapped for movies if they've not already yeah. been made. Uh, this is kind of the new thing. Um, you know, urban legends have always right. They've always tapped into these for movies, but now these internet, these creepy pastas. I mean, we just re- we reviewed creepy pasta or talked about creepy pasta uh, a few episodes ago. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but like I said, I'm not very real knowledgeable on these, so that's not one. That I that I was familiar with or that I heard. I, I believe I've, I saw that name and I was looking over some lists, but it does sound intriguing. Uh, but that brings me to number two. And this is this one. My number two. This is one that uh, this concept as a whole has always fascinated me because this shit happened, happened and happens. I have no doubt. There, there is no doubt. Right. There's documented proof of some of this. My number two is the Russian sleep experiment. Yes. Um. And this is one – Ike, help me here if, if I'm remembering this right. It's where during World War II, the Russians had – I think I, – I don't know if there's a specific number. I saw five. I don't know if that's always the case, if that's a consistent number. Five people that they kept – they used a gas to keep them awake for a prolonged period of time and essentially turned them into a kind of a mummified zombie, this weird creature type thing. And, um, and that when they finally went in and killed them – they were kind of grateful for the release. Um, I don't know. And again, I don't know how much of that story is consistent all the way across. And the reason this caught my, the reason I'm fascinated by this is because there is clearly lots of this shit that happens, right? There's lots of experimentation done by governments, especially particularly in war times uh, where they're, they're doing these things with prisoners of war and, or even just citizens for that matter. I mean, it's been proven, right? They've, 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 experimented with various drugs and, and different things um, and whatever over, over time. So this whole concept fascinates me of uh, the whole dark side of governments uh, and, and the things they do to to both test things and manipulate things and manipulate classes and races and different things. Um, so while who knows about this specifically, maybe this is not a truth. Um, it is very rooted in a reality of, of these things that happen. Um, there's just no denying that. I don't, I don't care what you want to think. I don't care how much you want to, you know, wave your flags wherever you are and say, uh, we're, we're, we're perfect. If no, it's not true. Every government has dark secrets and does these kind of things. And, and that's fascinating to me when this yeah. stuff's unearthed. Um, and this was particularly creepy. And, um, I, I, I don't know specifically, but I would assume this has been done in a movie and some, uh, maker fashion. If not, it should be because this is just flat out written uh, 
plot line written out for a movie. Um, given your reaction, I, 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 you had a very strong reaction. This, I, I, I feel that you, you like this one as well. Yeah, I, I, I love the, the Russian sleep experiment. Um, obviously, the Russian sleep experiment itself is just a creepy boss as a story. But Dave is 100% right. The best stories are the ones that are ultimately rooted in some truth. And during World War II, during, I mean, even as recently as like the Cold War and even currently, we don't even know about the extent that our own government, much less all these other governments have done. We, we've, we've learned about some of the experiments that Japan did during World War II. I mean, literally, there are some horrifying things that you can learn just by simply Googling, you know, the Germans did experiments, the Russians did experiments. And, and, and the concept of a sleep inhibit, inhibiting stimulant has often been explored. And there are some existing um, patents for sleep inducing sleep inhibiting stimulants because they're biological weapons that are also have these kind of psychological warfare perspectives. So this is a very real thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, the concept of not letting your enemy sleep as a method of psychological warfare has existed since the, the days of the Huns. You know what I mean? Terror and this inhibition is a very real thing that happens in our world and again, experimentation of this nature is not unheard of. There are some really fucked up stuff that you can learn about not only our government in the United States, but other governments that they did during war times. And generally speaking, they're able to excuse those actions because it is war times. Um, but the Russian sleep experiment is an, an insanely good story. It is so well written for a creepypasta post and it has a lot of different adaptations. I don't know if it has a film adaptation. There is a, um, a few like, you know, books and things of that nature. And I'm looking at the wiki and supposedly there is a film based on the short story called the Soviet sleep experiment, but I don't know. I've never seen that. I don't know. It says it has Chris Kattan in it, which I mean, oh, interesting cast there. <laughs> that, that's what I was going to say. Like, and it is the Chris Kattan. So I don't know. I'll have to look that up, but uh, yeah, it's an interesting casting for that movie. But yeah, absolutely. So the Russian sleep experiment and the whole concept is so good. So creepy. Um, I, I Yeah, if you've never read it, I'd highly recommend you read it for sure. Yeah, and as someone who, you know, I value my sleep. Uh, well, I mean, I don't have to I don't have, I don't need an overabundance of sleep, but I do abundant. You know, I do value my rest. The thought of prolonged, you know, staying awake or whatever you want to call it is that is terrifying to me. <laughs> And I know when you get tired, the things it does to your mind. Uh, so, you know, an extended, oh, that's, it's, it is very creepy. Uh, and again, if it's not been adapted into a movie, I, I have to ask, why not? That, that sounds perfect. Um, absolutely perfect for a movie. And I'm, I'm sure it'll happen at some point. Yeah. But moving on, Ike, what is your number two? So my number two is, it's called Ben Drowned. So Ben Drowned is sort of a, uh, there, there's a it, there's a word for it. It's called a basically it's like a an ongoing kind of story type thing where um, it's called an ARG, um, which is called like a all, all augmented reality game. Basically, where um, a lot of people will create stories and they'll sort of uh, create it like they'll kind of create sort of a storyline in front of you um, using different types of media platforms. Um, but in this case, 
it is a story of a guy who found a corrupted copy of the game Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. And in this game, um, you can actually, um, you can learn songs. Like in the real game, you can learn songs on the ocarina. Mm-hmm. And one of the songs um, creates a statue of um, whatever form you are having. So in the game, you can wear masks. Now, when you are not wearing a mask and you're just in your human form, you can play the song and it creates a statue of yourself. And the statue is pretty creepy looking. So they use this statue. And in the sort of story is that this game is haunted by the ghost of somebody named Ben. And basically all of the characters you interact with, they have different reactions. They do do things differently in the game, but it's sort of like a ghost is haunting the game. And, uh, it's really cool. It has a really cool story. Um, Nexpo, I've talked about him before. Nexpo has a whole video on Ben Drown where he sort of does like a uh, a reenactment of the events of the story. It's really neat. Um, but basically, it's just a story about um, a haunted Nintendo 64 game that uh, takes a life of its own and uh, has some pretty interesting impacts on the real world. And uh, it's really creepy. Um, early 2000s story. It was a creepy pasta, but uh, it's it, it's fantastic. It's probably one of the better ones that I've seen, and very well fleshed out as well um, in terms of film. If that makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I don't have I don't have much to add. <laughs> much to say about that. Uh, my number one, uh, probably one of the more well known of these. Uh, my my number one is Slenderman. Um, hey, mine too. Mine yeah? too. Okay, there you go. Well, I mean, obviously, it's, it's hard not to, right? Slenderman is such a – it's a great concept. It's it's classic in its approach and its design. Um, it has been – I don't even know how many different forms it's been adapted in, right? How many different takes, you know, movie-wise. Again, there was a – a uh, you know, a, there was a Supernatural episode where they touched on Slenderman. I think they, they called him Thin Man. Um, but uh, – you know, different things. It's just such a it's such a cool concept. Um, I, I don't I'm not again, I'm not super familiar with all the background and history of it. So I, I'll let you I'll pass off to you since it was your number one as well. and let you let you flesh it out a little more. But again, Slenderman is one of those that I feel is has uh, kind of crossed over a, a lot more than some of them into pop culture, where a lot more people recognize that term Slenderman than some of the others. Um, probably, yeah. again, because, you know, Media has really tapped into Slenderman quite a bit. Uh, so, Ike, tell us a little more about Slenderman and why you chose it as number one as well. Absolutely. So, you know, it, so in my opinion, one of the, you know, when you when you look at creepypastas, because, again, Slenderman, it's a creepypasta. I, I think most of the ones we've talked about originate from creepypasta. And, and it just it, it just blows my mind as we talk about this. Such such significant relevance of creepypasta, even in today's modern horror age. But. Uh, Dave's completely right. Slenderman is sort of this weird, um, sort of this weird like milestone in like internet urban legend history. Because here's the deal: there's movies about it, there are TV series about it, there are YouTube channels about it. Um, probably one of the most prolific versions of Slenderman is a series called The Marble Hornets. Um, the Marble Hornets series is a probably one of the most a super long running YouTube channel. It still exists to this day. Um, it, it, it was inspired a la uh, Blair Witch Project, um, but it's one of the better put together like reality type show things that they put on the internet. And it's fantastic. It's about Slender Man. It's one of my favorite things that I've ever watched, really. 
Um, and there's, you know, there's so much good stuff about it. I even really like the Slender Man movie that had Joey King in it. But like Dave said, this has such significant media relevance in today's age, not even just the different versions of it. But there was literally a murder that happened because of this. I mean, right. yeah, on HBO Max, there is or Max, as it's called now, there is a document documentary about this. The, these girls, while I believe they were mentally ill, but they genuinely believe that Slender Man was real and they committed a murder because of Slender Man. Yeah. And it, it is mind blowing because, you know, when I was younger in, in middle school, high school, when Slender Man was a, really a big thing, um, there was a game created about Slender Man. But there were all these stories about Slenderman being real, all these YouTube videos about Slenderman being real. And it gets to the point where there's so much of this like media that as a young person, I genuinely believe that Slenderman was a real thing. And like it got to the point one time I remember I, I had kind of like scared myself near to death. I was watching all these videos about Slenderman. I was doing research about Slenderman. You know what I mean? And and realistically, Slenderman, again, ties into a very real folktale of the Pied Piper. The Pied Piper was a story where he came to town, he played his pipe, and he took kids away because the town wasn't going to cooperate with him. So the concept of the Pied Piper or Der Grobman or however you want to con, you know, convolute it, it's a very real story that's just been proliferated into modern culture with Slenderman. You know, and it's just it's just crazy. You know what I mean? It's crazy how something on the Internet can get so big and so wild that people start believing it's real. And we know that people believe it's real because people have committed crimes for Slenderman. And that's that that, in my opinion, not to say that Slenderman is successful in that fashion, but it, it is a very interesting. It's a very interesting footnote in our human history that an internet urban legend became so real to some people that they went that far. And I think one day we're going to look back on this as a society and we're going to, there are going to be history books and books that specifically document the significance of Slender Man. And I'm here for it. Absolutely. <laughs> That's oh, it's funny. You say when you were young, you know, you, you believed in Slender Man and did all the research, you know, when, when, when I was young, it was the Mikey from life cereal commercials, you know, it had pop rocks and Coke and gave himself a, you know, an ulcer, blue stomach or whatever. So different times. But there you have it. There's our top three favorite Internet urban legends. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have all the news, birthdays, anniversaries and upcoming releases that you can handle. So stick around. Make sure you subscribe to listen to their screams on your favorite podcast platform. Also, make sure you look us up on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, TikTok, and Slasher. All you have to do is look up Listen to Screams. That is Listen, the number two in Screams, and you can find us there. Also, make sure you go and buy yourself a Listen to Their Screams t-shirt. You can find all of our shirts at tinyurl.com Screams Shirts. Spread the news. Spread the news. Spread the news. And we are back with the news. Yes, indeed. All right. So we're going to get started here, first of all. Um, my, my voice, I can already feel it changing. I talk so much. I love talking about Internet Urban Legend. This is probably one of my favorite <laughs> things to talk about. Oh, man. It, it's just it's so interesting to me. But anyways, 
Uh, <laughs> my, my, my throat's going to start sounding here weird here in a minute, but don't worry, guys. We're going we're gonna to rock and roll through this. So with our news, we have some pretty cool stuff coming out here. Chucky Season 3 is going to be split into two four-episode drops this year. The second half will, of course, be in 2024. Um, this is presumed because uh, due to the current strikes, um, which I'm 100% here for. You know, last time I talked about how I don't like it when shows like drop episodes apart from one another. This is a good reason to do that. Um, any other reason? Not OK. But for this reason, it's it's absolutely fine. It makes sense. We're here for it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I can't. I love the Chucky series. And like I said, they've been dropping all this stuff about Chucky and is in the family in the White House. I'm curious <laughs> to see what that has to do with. Uh, so bring it on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's. You know, that's, I mean, that's a TV format, right? A lot of times you have that mid-season break when you talk about TV shows. So it's not that big a deal, right? That they drop some now, some later. Um, so it's, it's, it's cool. It is what it is. Um, you know, it's, you know, obviously understanding the circumstances, but, uh, yeah, I'm just, the, the big take is I'm glad we're getting a Chucky season three. Absolutely. All right. And then we have The Nun 2 was once again number one in the weekend box office for September 15th through the 17th. It grossed an additional 14.5 million buckaroos. The Haunting in Venice was debuted at number two, grossing a little over uh, 14 million for the weekend. Um, it's uh, it's it's honestly amazing because The Nun 2, good movie, had a lot of fun with it. Uh, Haunting in Venice was great as well, but I'm really glad to see that uh, two horror movies were uh, were in the top there. So uh, or horror esque movies, I should say. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, again, you know, we still have Saw coming out. We still have Exorcist coming out, uh, you know, whatever. I don't even know what else. Or there's these other movies still coming out again. Guys, horror movies are the, the, the biggest sure bet in Hollywood right now. You put out a horror movie, you're almost guaranteed a number one opening box office. I mean, unless you're going against, you know, you know, Mario Brothers or Barbie or something like that. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's great. I'm glad. I'm glad that, you know, that it wasn't just a thing that, you know, the Nun 2 opened opening weekend with, you know, a hot weekend and it faded away. And, uh, it, you know, it's holding uh, at number one. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're, we're, this is going to be a great year. We're going to see a lot. I think we're going to see some record breaking, um, with, uh, Five Nights at Freddy. I, I'm going to call oh, yeah. him now. Yeah. I, I think we're going to see some record-breaking profits for a horror movie with Five Nights at Freddy's, man. Let me tell you. Anyways, well, I, I'm okay. I'm just going to say one more thing. It, it, I people are people have already started shitting on the movie because a it's going to be rated PG-13, um, but b it's going to be um, the some of the character designs are a little bit different from the video games. And like you know, I, I get it. I know there are a lot of hardcore fans out there, but it needs to be a PG-13 movie because the biggest audience for this is going to be a little bit of a younger audience, um, yep. which I, which I don't think a lot of people are going to like, but I feel confident that with the people who are involved with this program, they're going to do good by it. It's going to be a good PG 13 horror movie. I'm going to say it yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. I, Five nights at Freddy's is going to be the gateway horror movie for kids. It's, it's yes. going to be, it's going to be the goosebumps for this good generation. That's going to draw kids in, uh, or, you know, by kids, I say, you know, the appropriate age, uh, draw, th draw those kids in, hook them on this spooky, scary stuff and lead them into becoming horror fans for the rest of their life. Absolutely. I, I love that. This is going to be this generation's goosebumps. I think that we should be featured on a talk show now because that is probably <laughs> one of the most prolific things that I've heard about that movie. All right. Anyways, 
before we get talking about that, because I could talk about that, too, for hours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> upcoming birthdays. We actually have some cool birthdays. Um, September 21st, 1947. Stephen King, the author. Um, and on the same day, I did not know this, Nick Castle, who played The Shape in the original Halloween 1978. Um, starting with Stephen King, Dave and I both love Stephen King. There's no doubt yep. about that. Yep. Um, I think last week we talked about him having a new book coming out or week or uh-huh. two. Yep. Yeah, I love Stephen King. I love, you know, love his books, love his movies uh, his, or the adaptations. Um, still growing strong, still coming up with new stuff. Still, I mean, lots of new movies coming out uh, based on his stuff. Uh, you know, he's just such a he's such a cool guy. Uh, so quirky, such a good representative for the horror genre as a whole. Um, I mean, definitely will go down as one of the greatest authors of all time. Not just horror authors, just one of the greatest authors of all time. Has one of the best bodies of work as a whole of, of anybody. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then on the other side of that coin, uh, we have Nick Castle, who, like you said, is the, yeah. uh, you know, the original shape from 1978 um, film Halloween. And uh, it's, it's interesting, you know, um, Nick, Nick Castle, I mean, he he came back and he redid his role as uh, 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 for, sorry, Michael Myers and what was it? Uh, Halloween Kills, right? Yeah. yeah. Nick Castle, I mean, again, a cool guy. Uh, of course, you know, play the shape in, in the original Halloween, which is, you know, top show for me. But he also directed uh, The Last Starfighter, which <laughs> is one of my favorite movies of all time. So, hey, uh, you know, that double gold stars for Nick Castle for in my book. So, yeah, I was just looking at his uh, his uh, freaking uh, IMDb and he's, he's got such he's got probably one of the weirdest like IMDb's that I've ever read in my life. He only has a couple of acting gigs, but he's had yeah. a good number of directing gigs. Yeah, he's done um, a lot, done a little bit of everything. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, hey, well, happy birthday, guys. And then last uh, but certainly least, <laughs> I'm sorry. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. September 26, 1970, Sherry Moon Zombie. And, and here's the here's the deal. Sherry Moon Zombie is a nice person. I, I'm convinced of that. I'm sure that she is a kind-hearted <laughs> person, as I'm convinced that Rob Zombie's probably a cool dude. But she has no business fucking acting. I'm sorry. I hate to say it. But this is the perfect example of somebody who slept with the director and got a fucking role. <laughs> now, to be fair, she's married to the director, and that's fine. But Sherry Moon Zombie was probably my least favorite part of any Rob Zombie movie that's ever been <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't like Sherry Moon Zombie either. Uh, but I know there's a lot of people who are big zombie fans uh, yeah. of both. I, you know, I like Rob Zombie as a musician. I, I don't, I'm not particularly fond of most of his movies. Uh, you know, there's there's a little bit here and there I like. Uh, do not like Sherry Moon Zombie though. I just I don't. I don't think she's a very good actress. Um, but you know she is a horror fan. Uh, she is a prominent figure in the horror genre, whether we like it or not. Um, so you know prominent enough to 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 mention her birthday. And, and again, I wish her wish her well. Uh, I I wish no ill will just because I'm not a fan of hers. It's that's cool. That's fine. But um, you know whatever. Happy birthday, Sherry. Um, you know maybe just I don't know maybe just stay home. Don't act anymore. <laughs> I will say this. I did not hate her in the monsters out of all the roles that I've seen her in. I did not hate her as uh, in the monsters, um, yeah. but I, but I know Dave Maybe. Really differently about that. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I, I did. Uh, she was probably my least favorite part of the monsters. Um, but you know, yeah. I mean, as far as she goes, maybe that was her best, uh, but still not that great. <laughs> oh Lord. 
but before we get uh, canceled by Rob Zombie and company, uh, upcoming movie anniversaries, um, September 24th, 1982, we have Amityville 2, The Possession, um, an ever-existing relic of why we should probably have not made sequels to some horror movies. Mm. Um, Amityville 2 is not horrible as just a movie to put on and try and enjoy, um, but it, it, it's, it's again, a perfect example of why you shouldn't fucking make a sequel to any movie that comes out. You know what I mean? There, there are, yeah. cl- there are clear defined, I would say rules for when you can and when you shouldn't. And this is when you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Amityville horror is such a great movie. Um, Amityville too. I mean, I, it, you know, the first was a success caught on. Uh, yeah, so of course they were going to try a sequel, but it's not one of those things where I don't, I don't know. They didn't have the story for it. And, uh, yeah, not the greatest, but, uh, it is what it is. Yeah. So anyways, on to much greener pastures. Um, September 24th, 2004, Shaun of the dead. Honestly, that is yeah. a, that is a shining light in a sea of shitty movies. Um, Shaun of the Dead is such a good movie. You know what I mean? I, I, I cannot speak how amazing Shaun of the Dead is. And not just in terms of it being a good movie. Um, but it's obviously, it's supposed to be kind of a comedic take on the whole zombie genre. Um, and in a lot of ways, I feel like this has inspired other creators, um, to continue making, you know, spoof movies. And spoof movies are sometimes great pieces of film. And Shaun of the Dead is by no means an exception to that. I love Shaun of the Dead. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I love Simon Pegg. I love Nick Frost. Uh, you know, I love the the whole the Cornado trilogy. I love all. The, I love everything they do. Um, and yes, this movie does. You know, it, it's a comedic kind of spoof, kind of on zombie, but it does it very lovingly, very respectfully. It doesn't make fun of it. It just uh, it just uses the tropes in a, in a comedic way. Um, it is. It's a great movie. I, I love this movie. I've seen. I don't even know how many times I've seen it. And it still makes me crack up every time I watch it. Yeah, probably dozens of times. I, I mean, easily dozens of times that I've seen this movie. It's so good. Oh, man. Well, probably going to have to go watch the Cornetto trilogy after this. But uh, before I do that, September 26, 1975, we have Rocky Horror Picture Show. I love mm-hmm. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Rocky Horror Picture Show is a horror movie staple um, and it is one of the few, if not the only horror movie, um, musical that I know of <laughs> yeah. that, um, that, that deserve to be recognized at least. Yeah. It, perfect. It's a perfect movie. It is perfect in every way. Uh, everything about it is spectacular. Uh, you know, I, I've not been to a live show of it. I, I should, uh, but you know, it, I've heard nothing but uh, spectacular things, you know, with the live viewings and the crowd interactions, uh, the movie's great. The soundtrack's great. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, you, you hear Time Warp and it just stuck in your head for days. It's, uh, it's such a great movie. The time Warp again. Yeah, I love it. There's so many good songs on that. I mean, that yeah. one, I mean, it's just, oh, man. I, it, and like you said, I think it's probably one of the more culturally relevant movies, too, even to this day, even though it was made in the 70s. Um, like you said, there's so many showings where they like people get dressed up and like they have all these cool things that you do. It's just it's it's a pretty incredible piece of work, in, in my opinion. Yep. But uh, all right. So we have some coming uh, upcoming releases, recent and upcoming releases. So 
both of these are fantastic, obviously, but I'm super excited for both of them, even though I've seen one of these. But VHS 85 is coming to Shudder on October 6th, and it is described as unveiled through a made-for-TV documentary, five chilling tales of found-footage horror emerged to take viewers on a gore-filled journey through the grim underbelly of the forgotten 1980s. Now, I love the VHS films. I love anthology films. And I am super excited for VHS 85. Now, I know Dave, he has a little bit of a hit-or-miss history with this, but I, I do specifically remember him having some excitement for specifically the 85 version. Yeah, uh, but, uh, found footage was has never been one of my favorite, um, but but v, the VHS movies have turned me around on that. Um, it has made me soften my view on found footage movies a lot. I love the VHS movies, and uh, this one set in '85 uh, is just perfect for me. I cannot wait for this. I'm so excited. Uh, this will be it. I will be watching this on October 6th, uh, the day it's released, because I've I've been excited. I, I'm, you know, counting down the days. Cannot wait to watch this movie. I love the VHS movies. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, uh, of course, if you guys want to check that out, check it out on AMC Plus or Shutter, as we just said. And then uh, the Terrifier 2 theatrical re-release. It's coming on November 1st. And uh, I, I could be more excited. I'm definitely going to have to go see this in theaters. I saw the first one in theaters this year for the first time. And then uh, obviously I'm going to go see the second one again, because why not? <laughs> yep. Yeah. And this is, uh, this has moved up, right? They, they, the release date was a little later, um, like mid November. So they've moved it up, you know, and it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, we're talking, you know, the day after Halloween here on, you know, Hallow's Eve. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, pretty cool. I'm, I'm, I was stoked for it anyway. <laughs> Makes me even happier. You know, it's moved in a little closer, less you have to wait. Uh, bring it on. Uh, everybody knows that, you know, we, we love the, the, the Terrifier movies around here. That's yeah, that's right. We are we are part of the Art the Clown fan club. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right. Well, there you have it. That's all of the upcoming releases, anniversaries, birthdays and news bits for you guys. Um, like I always like to say right now, make sure you follow us on social media, because if you don't, you're a loser. And I stand by that. Um, if you follow us on social media, that means you get to see us post about all the stuff. You get to keep up to date with uh, Dave and I and, uh, you know, just see some cool stuff on there because why not? But uh, when we come back, we are going to discuss the elevator game. Listen to their screens is now a Fangoria collaborator. Get 20% off your order at shop.fangoria.com by using the promo code listen to screens at checkout. That is listen to number two and screens or you can click the link in the show notes all right and we are back here on listen to the screams it is review time and we are discussing the elevator game it was written by david in mckendry directed by rebecca mckendry starring gino anania megan best and alec carlos among others and it was released on september 15th on shutter and amc plus it is described as a supernatural Horror based on the online phenomenon, a ritual conducted in an elevator in which players attempt to travel another to another dimension using a set of rules that can be found online. Uh, we discussed some of these Internet urban legends earlier. This is another one. Uh, you know, this is a, a thing that's been adapted in a movie. Ike, uh, tell me a little bit about the elevator game. I'm not real super familiar before before this. Um, I mean, has this been around a while? What I mean, there's this. 
did they did they follow a set of rules pretty closely to what's been out there or do you, do you know yeah absolutely um i i am your resident uh internet urban legend expert um <laughs> ike isaacs so uh you know dave he can tell you all about 80s and stuff horror movies i can tell you about um shitty stories on the internet so uh <laughs> potato so, potato that's right so the elevator game has been around as early as like the early 2000s we're talking like 2007 2006 um and korea i believe is where it was originally from um so fun fact foreign countries like korea and stuff have their own social media platforms similar to things like creepypasta where they just post stories about things that they want to post about so the elevator game um again is an urgent legend uh, originally to have originated in korea uh Basically, there are just rules circulating uh, how to use this. So back in the day, the elevator game was a little bit more innocent from what I can tell. Um, it wasn't really about um, accessing another dimension, per se. It was just supposed to be sort of like a creepy thing you do that's supposedly supposed to like be about ghosts and stuff. Um, now, the requirements to play this game are, of course, you must play be playing alone, must be in a building with at least 10 floors. So two things. Um, the movie does stick to the 10 floor rule, but they obviously don't play alone. Um, you also have to be able to reach all 10 floors. There cannot be any restricted, you know, floors. Uh, doesn't matter what time of day you play as long as you are the only person on the elevator and you must start over if other people get in the elevator, um, at any point with one exception, um, which there's like a bunch of rules. So basically the rules are pretty much the same. You go uh, in the elevator, you go to a certain floors, so on and so forth. And then when you get to the fifth floor, after all of this, a woman may board the elevator. Um, some people say she is a stranger. Other people will say that she's supposed to resemble somebody from your past. Um, basically, you're not supposed to talk to this person. The woman's not human. Um, and if you acknowledge her, she's supposed to like take you to like hell or whatever. And then basically you press the button to go to the first floor. If it descends to the first floor, the ritual failed and you need to leave immediately. Do not look back or talk to the person. Just exit the building. Don't look back. But if it goes up, it ascends. Um, you'll, you'll go to the 10th floor and this is your you know, last chance to back out of the game. Uh, but if you do decide to continue, you'll go to the 10th floor and whatnot. Um, and then there's different versions of this, of course, what happens when you get to the 10th floor. Uh, but basically... You know, you can either exit the elevator or stay in the elevator, uh, but you'll get into you'll basically get out into an other world. And then, you know, there are other rules. So, like, if you <laughs> if you exit into the other world, supposedly there's like a another set of rules on how you get out of the other world. So it's like basically the elevator game in reverse. So it's a whole thing. Right. Um, but essentially it is an origination of Korea where you are supposed to get an elevator, you do some shit, and then you get spooked. <laughs> cool, cool. And again, this is a—I uh, mean, these kind of things are as old as time, right? Yes. The uh, the uh, the games and the the tricks, you know, I mean, that you can do to, to summon things and to cause things or whatever, you know. I mean, Bloody Mary, all these things—it's all at the root, the same concept, right? You yep. something you do that that draws or, or causes something uh this is just kind of the, the the modern modern version modern take um I'll, you know again I'll, I'll talk a little about it here as a start um 
I just had a you know a few notes on the movie. I I really the the, the opening was great for this movie. It was very suspenseful, very creepy. Uh, again, with spoilers and everything, with, we found out this person is, you know, a later character's sister. Uh, we didn't know that at the time, but it was, it was a very cool opening. Very set the, set the mood, gave you the, the ideal right off the bat, what the elevator game was, what's, what's happening with this, uh, and, and set, um, the backbone for the movie. Now, from there, I kind of thought the early build of the movie was a bit long, uh, building these, these guys that had this internet show, uh, and everything. I, I thought, I don't know. It kind of drugged for me a little. I thought they could have got to it a little more. Uh, I, I understand they were trying to establish why they were doing this, why they were trying the game, uh, how, you know, building some, you know, some, some conflict within the team. What not. I, I get it. It just kind of all the suspense they, they got in the opening. I thought they lost it pretty quick uh, and it was kind of distracting. And I understand there's ups and downs, but to me that it didn't come back up quick enough. Um, I, I thought when they, they did give the twist of the, the intern, the, the girl in the opening bit being the intern's sister, thought that was kind of nice. I didn't really see that coming. I knew somehow there was more to him, right? You, you got that feel. There was, a, there was yeah. more of a reason he was there because he was pushing this elevator game. He was very enthusiastic. What, you knew there was something there. I didn't really put two and two together right off the bat that the opening was, was related, but, but I, I liked that touch. I thought that made sense. Tied it together, you know, and everything. Uh, was it was a nice touch. Um, but again, overall, I thought eh, I thought the story was kind of, I don't know, kind of a little weak. Some of the characters were, were not the I don't know. They were a little eh, for me. Uh, I like the concept of the game. I don't know if the the I don't know. I don't think this is my favorite approach to it, per se. Um, it's it's OK. It works. It, I mean, it makes sense. It just kind of eh, in parts feel a little flat for me. And I, I really wish they would have gone a little more with some of the kills and, and shown a little more, been a little more graphic. I'm, I'm kind of though that, you know, gore geek kind of guy. I like to see some blood guts flying about. I wish they had done a little more with that. Uh, but I understand, you know, they're probably protecting a rating a little bit there and there's only so much they were going to do. But for me personally, a little more would have been one better. Um, and so therefore I kind of felt like, um, I felt like the movie was rightfully so was made for more of a little bit younger crowd than me who was more in tune and in touch with these, these urban legends and, and these internet urban legends and these things and who are for more familiar with the story and the tales, not because I don't appreciate the story. I'm just saying their approach to it and the way they delivered seemed a little bit um, more inclined for them, which is okay. That's fine. Um, you know, the movie overall, it was okay. I, again, I like the concept. I, I like the urban legend and the, the idea of it a lot. Uh, but I just felt like the, the, I don't know. I don't, I don't have a good response, a good counter. I just maybe wish that the approach had been a little different. Uh, for me, um, to add, I, I would, I would like it to been a little darker, a little more creepy, a little more sinister and scary. Uh, and not just have this, I don't know, these kind of these light, goofy parts. And then the the scary parts were just, I don't know, they were a little short and thin for me. I would have liked it to kind of flip-flop that a little more. Had more sinister, more scary, more leaning into the the woman, the fifth floor woman or whatever they called her. Uh, more into the the missing sister. Um, and, and, then they, and, and then cut the comedic, chummy, 
parts back a little bit. I did like how the one guy in the show was the tie-in for the sister, how she he kind of uh, uh, used his his position, to, you know, to in chats to end up having sex with her and, and push her to play the game. I like that tie-in. That that was fine. Um, but um, I don't know. I I just wish there had been a little more of the the because when they hit some of those creepy parts, they were good. I just right. wish there had been more of that. More more because this. At, at its core, this is a very creepy, sinister, dark thing. I just wish they would have leaned onto that more than the uh, the, the the chummy little internet show team. I, I just felt like there was too much of that. Uh, so, Ike, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think I would pretty much agree with everything you said. Um, I do want to specifically hone in on a couple things that you said. Specifically um, – I agree. I think that this movie was kind of more targeted towards people who uh, maybe were a little, you know, like you said, maybe have a little more experience with the whole concept of the Internet urban legend. Um, I also I for completely forgot to mention it with the um, the history that I was kind of given about the whole thing, just kind of how it's played. But um, the death of Elisa Lamb at the um, the hotel that was kind of famous not, not too long ago where she was found in the water tank. Yeah. It's right. uh, speculated based on the f- footage that she was actually playing the elevator game. So some people claim, yeah. obviously, you know, unjustly that she was somehow um, killed because of that. But yeah. that's a whole nother thing altogether. Anyways, um, but just kind of specifically hone in on some things you said. I agree. This is definitely more geared towards people who have a little more potential, like uh, maybe uh, knowledge of like Internet Urban Legends um, you know, because like you said, it, it, we kind of talked a lot about how Internet and legends are sort of this really cool phenomenon more recently where you have the Internet, you have these people telling stories and then they get proliferated into pop culture. So the whole concept of the elevator game, it's not new. It's been around for a little while, but it's like the, the movie definitely tried to capitalize on sort of that notoriety of the whole concept. I agree that they took way too long to establish any kind of. Uh, basis for anything i felt like a lot of it was dragging and i felt like by the time that you actually got to the point where people were getting killed or dying um there was very there was little to no payout yeah um i I felt like the payout of the lead up was not significant enough to actually mean anything i felt like yep you know you're you're watching this movie it has all this exposition and then you get to the point where it's like okay here's the here's the climax it didn't feel like it was enough um, there were some cool kills, you know, there was some, some blood, but I felt like for how they were depicting how these people were supposed to be dying because of the fifth floor woman, I did not feel like it was proportionate to what they were showing. You know, they're talking about the fifth floor woman supposed to like just eviscerate you because she was eviscerated, um, in the elevator. So I didn't feel like that was happening. I felt like you know, they got bonked on the head and disappeared. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, you know, and I, I did like that though. I did like the fact that basically if they, if the fifth floor woman killed you, the person disappeared, the body disappeared. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I was watching the movie with my wife and, um, she, she was like, I guess the fifth floor woman cleans up after herself. Um, <laughs> which is true. I mean, nice and I guess <laughs> that's right. That's so, that's so, that's so thoughtful. Such a you plot. Know? that's right such a polite ghost such a polite (laughs) demonic entity and and it's true though i mean but i will say this it makes more sense that she cleans up after herself because these people are declared missing you know what i mean so 
I do like that. I think that was actually pretty cool on their part that like, yeah, she cleans up after herself or makes it not exist anymore because she wants more people to come die. Um, but like you said, there was a very cool plot twist with the intern from the beginning that kind of joins the web show. Um, there was a really cool plot twist with him being the brother of the uh, first girl that we see get you know killed by the fifth floor woman. And the fifth floor woman was pretty creepy. You know what I mean? That's another thing. I thought her design yeah. was interesting. Um, it was scary, made sense. Um, they eventually got into sort of, you know, why the fifth floor woman does what the fifth floor woman does. Yep. And, you know, it, it makes sense, you know what I mean? To an extent, um, like you said, I really wish that they would have maybe done a little bit more with like the red world. Um, maybe yeah. given some backstory to that. Cause that part didn't really make sense to me. Um, because basically we're assuming that this girl who died just created this whole dimension because she died. Um, so I would like to see a little bit more of an explanation to that because I think it'd be really cool if the red world had other entities in it. Um, and, and just the, the fifth floor woman happens to exist in the red world with these other entities. Cause I feel like that could open it up and you could have other movies about the red world and stuff like that. Um, but basically I felt like we were left with a little bit of a, a little bit of some answered questions. You know what I mean? What is the red world? Is there yeah. anything else to it? Um, but <clears throat> excuse me, overall, I didn't hate the movie. Um, it was very entertaining. I just wish that maybe there was a little bit more capitalization on the, the buildup, you know, maybe a little bit more of a, of a punch, if you will, you know, I, I want that just, you know, I want, I want to see limbs ripped off. I want to see heads exploding, you yeah. know, and I just didn't get that. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that's the way I feel. It, it fell very flat. The concept was great, right? I mean, they, yeah, and, and and they did a good job. They they did a good job explaining it for people who don't understand, right? But people can, like I said, people can relate because these urban legends are not new. It doesn't matter the the means they're delivered. It, the concept people get, you know, folk tales, urban legends, blah blah blah. These these games, people get that. Um, so they 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 established in that opening pretty, you know, people understood what it was. Um, I, I agree. The red world seemed odd. It seemed unnecessary in the way they told the story. Now with a few tweaks, they could have established, you know, this red world, they could have spun off other urban legend movies, other internet urban legend movies based in this red, this red world's kind of the, the central unit of this all, right? Everything stems from this. If they could have just tweaked it a little, if that's what they wanted to do. If not, I, I, I kind of feel like the red world was unnecessary. In this movie, um, I kind of wish the kid the, that lured, that was kind of a jerk and lured the girl to play the game at the beginning. I kind of wish they had saved his death for toward a little more towards the end. And yeah. even if you did shorter kills with the others like they did, made his a little more elaborate because this guy is kind of the root at the missing sister. And I, I felt like maybe they could have, if they his at least should have been a little more spectacular a little more building uh, but i felt like it needed that a little more overall again the opening was really suspenseful very creepy set the stage right and then from there it just kind of i don't know it kind of fell flat i i get i don't i don't feel like that i'm the target audience for this that's okay um but i feel like with a few tweaks i still could have appreciated it a little more than i did um the concept was there the ideal was there I just, I just felt like the delivery missed on a couple spots. Um, again, I, I love the concept of the elevator game. I, I, I a lot. Um, right. I would like to see 
I would like to see somebody, for lack of a better phrase, somebody with a little more vision to do to deliver a movie on this because I think there's still I think there's so much more that can be told with this. Um, I, I you know, you know, in effort for trying, I don't think I just don't think this 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 did it for me right in the right way to to do it. It, it had its it had its had, had some parts, uh, but overall. Um, you know, I get, and I get it. It's, it's relatable. Um, with, you know, the internet show thing, I get it. But, you know, again, they, they just dwelled. I, I know they were trying to establish that they needed to produce something quick and that's to, you know, to, to not lose a sponsor. So that's why they were doing this because they didn't want to. I don't know. I felt like they're, I, I, I felt like they spent too much time. With the, the argument back and forth of why they should do it. I think they could have just literally been like, nobody's got ideals. Nobody's got ideals. This kid, <laughs> this kid pitches an ideal and the guy in charge could have been like, okay, no one's got an ideal. Okay. Well, I guess we're doing this then. Cause that's all we've got. Let's just do it. And I didn't feel like there needed to be more than that. You know, just the, the, the guy was one guy was in charge, right? And he should have just said, Hey, we need content. We got to put out an episode. We got to meet the, you know, we got to do this for the sponsors. So if no one's got a better ideal, ah, the elevator game it is, I guess, and go with it. But they 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 drug it out a little bit for me, and I thought it was a little much. But um, yeah. I, I don't think that was the the part to hone in on in the movie. I, I just don't feel like it developed any of the characters enough. I don't know. It, it missed on me. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't a horrible movie. Uh, not not my cup of tea. Uh, the concept the concept was the delivery wasn't. In my eyes, but uh, but I, I do see where uh, I think there'll be a lot of people who will enjoy this movie, uh, and I can see this being again another gateway a gateway movie for some younger people or some non horror watching movie people. Maybe a gateway that can pull a few in, right? Some people that that like the the urban legends and the internet urban lo- legends and the creepy pastas and et cetera, et cetera, but don't watch a lot of horror movies per se. And they see this and they go, oh, that wasn't bad. You know, I'm going to watch some more and watch some more. And then as you watch more, you, you, you know, you broaden. I, I could see it being a gateway for a few people. And I hope so. Um, but, uh, for someone, I, I don't know, to me, for someone who watches a lot of horror, I, if, I don't know, it, it lacks for that kind of person. I, I feel like it's more for a, uh, a newer viewer in the genre or someone who just, you know, is super, super in touch and into this stuff. Um, but again, I, I still feel like even at that, cause again, I, I, I love the concept. Um, I just feel like, I, I don't know. I feel like there could have been a better take on it, but whatever, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta try some way. And, That's uh, right. <laughs> and it, it wasn't that it was, it was illogical cause it, it was, it made sense the way they, they tried. I just felt like they, uh, dwelled on the wrong parts too much. And I, we understood what the concept was. We understood, Hey, this is an internet show. They cover these things. They needed to do a show. They were going to lose sponsors. They were getting ready to lose their dreams. Uh, they, so they had to do this. Okay. We got that. Go on, do the thing. And, um, and I, I just felt like they dwelled on the wrong part a little too long and they should have dwelled more on the, the game itself and that part yeah. of it. And, uh, but, it, it all kind of, in my opinion, it all kind of just circles back to there was, I felt like there was too much, exposition for what they were trying to go for. Yeah. And 
I think that had they cut a little bit of that, you know, maybe taken it a little easy on some of that, like you said, like, oh, yeah, we're, you know, this whole YouTube thing and we're going to make these things. We don't have any ideas. Let's kind of talk about it. And then, OK, let's just do the elevator game. It, it just kind of felt like if they had just kind of thrust you into it, you know what I mean? Just kind of thrown you in. Yeah, probably would have been better. You know what I mean? I, I think I would have been yeah. more happy with a little less um, explanation as to why they're talking about the game. And like you said, a little bit more description about what the game is, why the game exists, and everything else. I just felt like it was just a little long-winded for what they were trying to do. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I just felt like they got they got a little bogged down with the wrong the, the wrong point. Uh, I feel like that's just a kind of a writing error there that maybe or an editing error that someone could have looked at and said, ah, you know what, we're kind of repeating ourselves a lot here, treading some water. Let's cut some of this and let's put a little more meat. And the horror part and the scary part. And because that's what yeah. people, no matter how you come to this, no matter your interest in this, that's what you want to see. Whether it's, it's from just a purely horror standpoint, whether it's from the internet urban legend, whether this one specifically, whatever avenue you're coming to watch this specifically, that's yeah. what you want to see is, is the delivery of the, the, the tale itself. So I, you know. And, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know if they were trying to do it this, for the sake of character development. It didn't really develop the characters anymore than what they already were. We knew what was what. And, um, I don't know. I, 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 you know, I felt like they missed a little bit on that. So let's, uh, let's, let's rate this thing. I'll go first. Again, not a horrible movie. Not, not, not one that I would, you know, would probably go back to rewatch. Um, I, I, to me, I'm going to give it, a, I'm going to give it a two and a half out of five screams. Because I, I think, again, it's just a little less than that middle of the road enjoyable for me. Again, a little formatting, a little writing differences, a little tweaks here and there. And it's easily a three. Um, you know, if you tweak it enough, it could have even got up maybe to a three and a half for me because the concept was good. Uh, but because of, I don't know, you know, too, too much salad, not enough steak. Um, <laughs> it, it, I think it drops it to a two and a half for me. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, like you said, I feel like there definitely could have been some potential tweaks to the whole thing. And I definitely feel like this would have been a much more enjoyable movie overall. But, you know, there's only so much that we can do as podcast creators. Um, so I, I think I'll have to agree. Two and a half out of five. I feel like that's a fair description of what we got. Um, and like I said, it wasn't even necessarily that I didn't like the movie. It was just, there, there are better things that uh, that could have been done. There are better things yeah. that could have been done with the content. And, uh, you know, I think hopefully with the success that this might have had, we might see some stuff more in line with it in the future. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I, I would I definitely wish someone like I said, someone would do a different take on this because I love the concept of it. So I, I definitely would. You know, since this one's been out, that may not happen for a bit. I don't know. Um, but you know, I definitely wish someone would try a different, a different pass at the concept yeah. of the elevator game. Cause I do like the concept. I just don't like necessarily their approach to it. And then I don't, again, like we said, we explained it. I just don't like how they, 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 they delivered. Uh, yeah. but, it, but it's okay. As a, as a film, it was, it was made well. It wasn't any issues with that. The filmmaking per se. I feel like it was some of the, uh, the writing, the writing and, and just, editing choices that were that were wrong yeah uh, absolutely 
but uh, the you know, but still go, go give it a you know, especially if you're into these things, uh, you you know, and if you're a younger, you know, I, I'm sure this thing is. I don't want to sound like an old man, <laughs> but I'm sure this thing will be a hit with the old, the high schoolers, you know, the high school age kids, I, you know, the, the things. Uh, I feel like this is more in their wheelhouse and not and not in mine. This will be a hit with the kids. That's right, all those youngsters. So, um, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, you know, so go check out the elevator game for yourself. It's available on Shutter, Amazon Plus, or AMC Plus, not Amazon Plus, AMC Plus Shutter. Uh, so go give it a watch. But uh, this is what everybody likes. Next week we have another one of our infamous franchise episodes, and this time we are going to discuss the Saw franchise in preparation for the upcoming release of Saw 10, Saw X. Um, this is we're going to discuss the existing Saw movies, uh, rank them in order of our favorites, our choices, and discuss each one a little bit. Uh, we're, we're trimming away all the fat. Trimming away all the uh, the bells and whistles that we usually have on here, and just getting to the heart, discussing the franchise. Uh, and this is a uh, we both really really like the Saw franchise, so this will be fun. And this will be uh, I know one like that you've really been looking forward to diving into. Yep, absolutely. I'm I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I'm already formulating my my rankings as we speak. All right. Well, we will uh, have all that next episode again as we prepare. Uh, we're just right around the corner from the release of the new Saw movie. Uh, so we will uh, we'll prep you by discussing all the existing content that is out there in the Saw universe. Uh, but before we get out of here, make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Share all of our posts. Share all of our episodes. Give us a rating and review if that is applicable. Uh, follow us on social media, as we've mentioned a few times. Uh, we're on well, – what are we all on? We're on Facebook, Instagram, Threads, uh, Slasher. Uh, Twitter X, whatever it's called. Uh, we're on all those. Just like, listen to Screams, listen to the number two Screams. Follow us there. Uh, we post lots of things, uh, lots of things that we discuss in the episodes, uh, some things that we don't. Uh, lots of cool stuff on there. So go follow us on those platforms. Interact with us. Uh, join the discussion and, and talk this stuff with us. So, Ike, before we close out and get out of here and move on to the world of Jigsaw and Saul, uh, anything you want to say? Only thing I want to say is. I want to play a game. Absolutely. I'm ready. Uh, not the elevator game. Not that we, we've played <laughs> that one. We're on to a different game. Um, and uh, it's I'm looking forward to it. It is going to be fun. But until that, which is next episode, wherever you go and whatever you do, be good, be safe, and have many pleasant nightmares.